Happy Saturday, podcast listeners. Today is September the 19th, 2020. And I um, wanted to point out that today is Think a Police Officer Day. I know, in today's world, people don't like police officers. That's really nothing new. When I was younger, we didn't like them either. We called them 5-0 or the Popo. Yeah. Okay, so I was born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s and 90s, okay? <laughs> That's what we called them. Um, and nobody, like, you know, really trusted them. They're the bad guys. But um, as I looked around my family, I realized that my grandfather was a cop. And my uncle was a cop. And they were two of the nicest people well, I don't know. I can't I can't talk about my granddad very much because I don't remember him very much. But when I do what I do remember of him is that um he was super, super scary looking. <laughs> but I think he was like a big teddy bear, I think. My uncle Arnold, oh my golly, he I don't know how he's doing now or anything like that. I haven't spoken to that part of my family in a while. But um, yeah, he, <laughs> he was tall and he was fierce and had this ability to look at you and like make you shrink down to like the itty bittiest little portion that you can possibly be. Um, which is great because he was, he was a state trooper <laughs> and then he joined other, um, police forces doing other things. Um, yeah, but it was it was really cool to see that and to know that, you know, these guys, you know, went out there and protected people and caught the bad guys. And if you're a bad guy, you're going to be caught. If you weren't a bad guy, then you weren't going to be caught because there was nothing to catch you doing. So I think that is a key factor in today's world is that people who do wrong are upset when they're caught and told no. <laughs> no. And, um, yeah, I, I told my son no a whole lot when he was growing up. No. Put it down. No. You can't go out. No. You can't do that. Finish your homework. No. And he's 18 now. And, um, I still tell him no. <laughs> I try to do it in, like, a different way when I'm just like, hey, instead of doing that, how about you do this? Um, yeah, but it still means no. Um, yeah, and I know I have an adult child. He's 18. He should be able to go do whatever he wants to on his own. He is an 18 year old kid. Okay. He like, like you want to tell me that in March <laughs> he was 17 and still a minor, but you know, because he was pushed out of my body on the 1st of April, on the 1st of April, all of a sudden he became an adult. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, adult enough to go to war, <laughs> join the military without my signature. But that's just about it. Oh, and vote. Yeah. So, I mean, so arbitrary the way that they figure out ages for being able to do things. 21 to drink. 21 to get a concealed carry permit. 18 to buy a rifle in the state of Iowa. 18 to vote. 18 to go to war. I don't even know how old you have to be to, like, buy cigarettes. I don't know if it's 18 or 21. 
I think it's 18. Who knows? Whenever I was younger, my stepmother would send me to the local store to go buy her some Winstons. And I was a kid. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, my growing up times were so different than kids today. Back then, I would be given money and told to go to the corner store. I would pick up some Winston, some potato chips, some drinks, and meander on back home. You know, no one got kidnapped. And if you did, you know, you lived in some really faraway city that, you know, bad things didn't happen to us where we grew up. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, we wore keys around our neck because we were latchkey kids, you know. And um, there were no cell phones until much later. Um, so we would wake up on a Saturday morning or during the summer, any morning and walk downstairs and look at the dinner table and there would be a note, everything we had to do by the time she got home. Yeah. You know, texting it was manual back then. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I got way off track for like three minutes. I apologize. Um, yeah, but I mean, back then parents told their kids now, you know, and, um, I, I, it's not my generation. I think it's a generation like right behind me or the tail end of my generation where parents stopped telling their kids no and started to advocate for their children, which, you know, that's cool. Advocate for your kid. I do. Um, when he needs it, <laughs> you know, I will call up the school or the college or whatever and I will ask questions. I will give him advice. I will. You know, do whatever I need to do, but I don't go to work with him, and I don't get him interviews, and I don't yell at his boss for him. That's kind of crazy. You don't do that. Um, I don't talk to his teachers in college. I just, you know, give him some advice and steer him towards this navigator and show him how to set up Zoom meetings. Um, you would think, 18 years old, in 2020, he would know how to set up a Zoom meeting. Um, but hey, it is what it is. So, Yeah. Anyway, telling a person no, especially a child who's basically a wild beast who's waiting to be tamed by their adult parent. <laughs> yeah. The main thing that you, the, I mean, seriously, I think the second word that my son learned was no. Yeah. The first word wasn't mom. I think that was his third word. Who knows? Anywho, I know that no was like one of the first ones that he learned. Um, we won't talk about the first one that he learned. Anywho, <laughs> yeah, so no, 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 that's a good word to know. So when you hear now, you don't do things. And then, you know, when you grow up and you get slapped on the wrist or some handcuffs on your wrist or you see those blue lights in your rearview mirror, you stop what you're doing because basically that's a really loud way for a police officer to say, no, stop it right now, no. I mean, come on. Ugh. And people get, like, seriously upset when they're told no by a police officer. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I was pulled over for speeding. It's been at least three years, guys. I mean, give me a break here. I have stopped going that route. <laughs> I don't speed that much. Just saying. Anywho. So, I mean, it's just to say that there's a meme out there that people say, if you don't break the law, then you're not going to be pulled over by a police officer, which is false. 
I'm just going to put it out there. It's not true. I mean, I know that I profile people all of the time. All of the time. I'm black. I profile people, you know? Um, but that's just like human nature. You know, you look at a person, you size them up, called profiling, and... Hello, podcast listeners. So, I am loving my Saturday. I just have to say this. So, this morning, I went to a Back the Blue rally where I got to wave a flag and see people and hang out for like an hour and a half. And then, dropped the husband back off at home and I went to an Islands for Life um, board meeting which was awesome, and I had some ideas, and got to share, so that was fun, and yeah, so then I came home, and I actually, dun dun dun, grabbed my work computer, logged into my work computer, and did work, (laughs) I'm like all caught up on all of my projects, now all I have to do is upload things, which can take a very long time, so I'll be doing that tomorrow. Along with church and cleaning. So that's fun. (laughs) But I just, I'm sitting outside playing with fire. I have a fire pit and I'm throwing things into the fire. And it whooshes up and then it goes down. And then it whooshes up and then it goes down. No, I'm not in California. No, I'm not starting any forest fires. I'm in Iowa. Where we had an inland hurricane. (laughs) So... I'm just burning all the little tree branches that have fallen from that. (sighs) I hope everyone's having a good, restful evening. This evening, it's like almost 8 o'clock here in Iowa. And, um, yeah. So, it's funny as I think back to what I just said (laughs) that I did with my day. And it's like a, um, it's like a conservative's dream and a liberal's nightmare. Basically. So, yeah, good to know. (laughs) So, let's just, let's just, you know, unpack that idea there. So, for me to support the police in such a manner that I would stand on a main highway, not highway, on a main roadway in my hometown and wave a flag that is rather large. (laughs) It's the uh, back the blue American flag. Um, and take pictures of everybody and post pictures and, you know, be that person and help represent Americans Back the Blue Iowa chapter along with the Uplifting Our Police chapter. So, yeah, so that was awesome. Um, I find it very, very saddening. Saddening makes me sad. Um, that people don't respect our police. I'm just, it just blows my mind. Really, it does. Um, because when I was growing up, we were taught to trust the police and to respect the police and to answer police with yes, sir, no, sir, things like that, you know? Um, and then I went into the military <laughs> and the yes, sir, no, sir, no excuse, sir, you know, that, that was good, too. Um, or, I don't know, sir, but I will find out. And I say sir because, you know, back then it was mostly men. Um, but, you know, ma'am now works too. 
I've actually never been pulled over by a female police officer. Ever. I don't think I really need to, like, start that or anything. But, yeah, never been pulled over by a female police officer. But, you know, I've been pulled over by many male police officers. But let me tell you something. There's this meme out there that says, if you don't do anything illegal, you won't be pulled over. Well, sometimes that's not true. I am a black woman. And, uh... My father told me a story about how he was pulled over for driving while black. And I just looked at him like, Dad, come on. What? What? I mean, okay, so it's not the 60s anymore. You're no longer Black Panther. Let's just simmer down. And then he told me the story about how he was, you know, driving his vehicle. And he has a very nice vehicle. He's always had, well, almost always had nice vehicles. Um... Because he works really hard and he can afford them. And so he was driving his nice vehicle around town in Ohio. And he was driving in a part of town that is not very diverse. And so he kind of looked like a little bit of an outsider in that part of town. And there was a call out for somebody who had stolen a vehicle that... I guess matched the description of my father's vehicle. And so they pulled him over. And, um, (laughs) you know, as as a very well-trained person, he uh, had his license and registration and insurance card out and handed it all to the officer, spoke to them with respect, never once was asked to leave the vehicle. Um, And then after that, he got all of his stuff back and he kept on driving. So, um, and the reason why I say that he's very well trained is that his father was a police officer. So my grandfather was a police officer. My uncle was a police officer. Um, I was in the military. My other uncle was in the military. So we're all kind of like the, you know, more conservative. Yes, yes, sir. No, sir. No excuse, sir. Don't irritate the police officers. You know, treat people with respect, especially people who have guns. And you're in charge of things. So, I was taught respect. And I taught my son respect. And, you know, my son knows that when he gets pulled over, because he will. (laughs) Not because he's black, because if you have ever seen my child, he is pretty, pretty, pretty white. (laughs) I mean, he has some color. And in the summer, he he can look pretty spiffy with his coloring. But, um, yeah, he's, like, a quarter black, so, um, and I know, people are like, well, he can't pass for being white, and I never said that he could, and I never wanted my son to pass for being white, but what I can tell you is when he's driving down the street in a vehicle, and he passes a, anybody on the street, they're not going to look at him and be like, hmm, there's a black guy driving that minivan, yeah, he has a minivan. <laughs> because he's extremely tall, people. He needs the room, right? But, um, yeah. So that's not, like, the first thing you think. You think, hmm, he's awfully tall. Or, hmm, why the minivan? That's weird. Must be his mother's minivan. Nope, not mine. I don't drive a minivan. I don't like minivans. But my son loves it. Anywho, um, yeah. 
I guess I'm kind of rambling, but today is the um, Thank a First Responder, Thank a Police Officer Day. So thank you, Granddad, and thank you, Uncle Arnold, and thank you, Paul, and thank you, Brett, and thank you to all the other police officers, male and female, active duty, retired, happy in their job, unhappy in their job. Thank you, Michael McBride, for everything that you guys, and I say guys, again, because everybody I'm talking to is male, <laughs> but thank you for everything that you guys have done. Um, thank you for everything that you left behind and lost. I mean, you lost time, you lost security. I, rem- I remember my dad telling me a story, um, and... His dad told him, the the cop, first black police officer in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, he, uh, he said, don't ever put your couch in front of your front window. Because when you sit on your couch, people will know that you're home. And people will know that you're sitting there. And then you become an easier target. Yeah. So, he lived through some times, um, and I find it, back when I was told that story, I'm like, dude, that's just so bizarre, nothing's gonna happen to me sitting in front of a picture window on my couch in the dark with my silhouette showing, nothing's gonna happen to me, and nothing did happen to me, but that's not the point, the point is, is that something could have happened to me. And why would I do something that could put myself in danger when I could do something that would not put myself in danger? Like not put my couch in front of the big picture window in the front of the room. (laughs) So, if you have been in any of my houses, none of my couches or chairs are in front of the big picture window in the front of the room. (sighs) So, there's other things, but there's not a couch. There's not any sitting surfaces. Um... So, I know that there's bad police out there. You know, I mean, good golly. With a, Altoona has, I think, 25 police officers, and we're a smallish town. You know, I mean, so, you take that, you multiply it out for Des Moines. They probably have like 200 or more. I don't know. They have a lot. You're always going to have a couple crappy ones. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, it's numbers, people. It's numbers. You're going to have some who are just not very good at their jobs. And then some have crappy attitudes and all of that. And, you know, it would be great if we could weed those ones out. Or if we could put those ones with a really good role model. (laughs) Give them a role model. Um, that'd be good too. But, uh. There's so many things that we could do. But what I want you to know is that most of the police officers out there, like 97% of the police officers out there, are good. And they did not become police officers so that they can be bullies. And so that they can, you know, write you a ticket. (laughs) Although... I think my son would be an amazing police officer because he is such a stickler when it comes to driving. Mom, you're on the line. Mom, you're going two miles over the speed limit. Mom, did you see that? Did you see what you just did? And I'm like, dude, really? 
You can go to the back seat now. I know you're 18, but to the back seat you go. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, most police officers don't join just so that they can write tickets or pull people over or, you know, carry a gun with them um, for work and get paid for carrying a gun with them. You know, that's not what they do. That's not why they joined. And they most certainly didn't join so that they could leave their family before every shift knowing that they might not come home or coming home from each shift thinking I can't believe I just did that I can't believe I just saw that I can't believe people are like this <sighs> two police officers that I that, that I'm aware of <laughs> I'm sure there's more but two police officers in the past six years have ended their lives because of I don't know why I, I don't know why um, but I can tell you why I think you know I mean it's police officers are supposed to be heroes and they're supposed to be the safe people and they're supposed to be the ones who don't cry and the ones who don't get upset, and the ones who don't have feelings. They're people. They're humans. <laughs> I went out last night, and I um, went to a pro-life fundraiser, and I re-met a police officer and his wife. And so I originally met him when I was at another fundraiser that I was hosting, and I walked out into the parking lot, and I saw this police car further down in the parking lot. It was um just parked there. I'm sure he was probably like, doing reports or whatnot, you know. And so <laughs> it looked a little suspicious, right? Because I saw him, and I put things in my car, and I walked back inside, and I came back outside. <laughs> and I started walking towards the police car. And I'm pretty sure he was like, oh, crap, what is going to happen to me now? This... This little black lady, she might get all mad at me and start hitting me with her slipper or something. No, well, I walked over to his side and I said, hey, I just wanted to thank you for what you do, you know, and hope that you have a good day. And would you like some water? And I handed him a water bottle, a completely unopened, unadulterated water bottle. And the look on his face was just like, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> like, you're welcome. And so we chatted for a few minutes, and his boss pulls up. <laughs> his sergeant pulls up. Um, and so I was standing in between the two police cars. One was facing one way, one was facing the other way. The sergeant hopped out. I guess they were, like, supposed to meet and chat and whatnot. Who knows? I, I don't know what they do in parking lots with two cars facing different directions. I don't know what that's all about, but whatever. So I ended up talking to the sergeant for a little bit. Then I went... Um, back inside and grabbed a sign and gave the Blue Lives Matter sign to the one um, to the one police officer who lived in Polk County. The other one lived in Dallas County, so I told him I wasn't going to give him a sign. <laughs> Plus, I only had one in my car. Um, and so from that meeting, oh, and then my husband got to like hang out with him and talk to him for a while too since my husband's running for sheriff. Um, so that was really cool. I think they liked them. So let's fast forward here to last night. Last night I was 
sitting at my table that I had that I was at um, with my husband and my friends, and we were at the pro life event. And my husband comes up to me and says, "Hey, you see that guy over there?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "That's that police officer that we met the other day." I'm like, "No, it's not." He's like, "Yes, it is." I looked over. I'm like. All right, well, whatever. You can go over and say hi, and if it's not him, then I don't have to go over. <laughs> yeah, he's like the canary in the coal mine. Anyway, so he went over, and um, it was him. It was it was the officer. And so I went over after a little bit, and I introduced myself again. And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw you over there. And then he's like, oh, I want to introduce you to my wife. And she came up and, oh my gosh, she's like so tiny and so sweet and just awesome. She's so cool. Anyway, so um, she turned to me. She's like, yeah, I saw you sitting over there. And and I, she's like, do you know uh, Mary? And I'm like, well, <laughs> we are Catholic, so there's a lot of them. <laughs> but uh, she's like, yeah, so... Uh, um, and then she mentioned Mary's last name. I'm like, yeah, I know her. She's like, well, Mary came to me one day and sent me a picture and said, hey, do you know this person? And, you know, she was trying to connect us. And then I remember that Mary had sent me a text saying, hey, I want you to meet this person who's trying to plan a get-together. And we never got together until last night, whenever I met her. You know, it's a God thing. Anyway, that was like the highlight of my night. Not winning the auction that I won, happy day. Um, but the highlight of my night was meeting Officer Brennan and his wife in person, you know, out of his uniform. Like, <laughs> I'm like, a, hey, you're a real person level. And then today, whenever I went to my Islands for Life meeting, board meeting, I, um, I saw Father Chris. And as we're leaving, I'm like, hey, Father Chris, I have a question for you. He's like, yeah. I'm like, so, you're the spiritual director for Brennan? <laughs> He's like, yeah, how did you know? I'm like, you told me last night. And so, you know, small world. Anyway, all that to say, this police officer is Catholic. He's pro-life. His wife is like five foot two. Very Catholic, very pro-life. She homeschools her children. I think they have two kids. Like, they are like normal people. <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah, he looks pretty impressive in his police vehicle and his uniform, but you know, he's like a normal person. And so, yeah, I just, police are normal people. They, they deal with things or they don't deal with things whenever they don't deal with things and things deal with them. So if you see a police officer out there and they are doing their job and they're sitting and they're observing traffic, they're making sure that things are safe. Wave at them. Say hello. Say thank you. Because, you know, even even in Chad or Chaz or whatever, when somebody got shot, they said, call the police. I'm sorry, aren't you trying to defund the police? Aren't you, like, saying police are bad and now you want to call them? Sure, I'm sure they'll hurry on over. And you know what? They hurried on over. Because their job is to protect people. Regardless of how crazy you are, how much you don't like them, <laughs> and what political affiliation you are. They don't care. What they do is they get the call, and they go, and they take care of things. And I know they're not all heroes, they're not, but 
most of them are. <laughs> and I love my police. So there you go. Happy Think of Police Officer Day.